Hey, it's James from Royal Credit Union's Money Donuts podcast. We're talking about a word that scares a lot of people. It's fraud. This individual, they were bombarding that phone so much that the person got a new phone number. There was a note, a sticky note on the outside of their door saying, what is your new phone number? What? So they hired, the scammer hired someone on Craigslist to place that note there. Listen to Money Donuts on your favorite podcast platform or watch full videos at rcu.org podcast. Get geared up for the hockey season with SodaStick.com. They've got all your favorite player tees from Marc-Andre Fleury to Matt Zuccarello to Ryan Hartman giving you the bird. SodaStick.com has you covered. Not only in just in hockey, though. You got Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Twins, Minnesota Timberwolves, whatever your Minnesota sports team is, SodaStick has you covered with the best gear available. Don't forget to toss down Bardown Beauties at checkout for 15% off at SodaStick.com. Hello, everybody. What is going on? Thank you for coming out to Duke's Pizza Pub and Grill in Oakdale. This is the Bard on Beauties podcast, bringing you all your Minnesota hockey takes from the wild to high school, everything in between. I am Jesse Pierce. She's Kirsten Kroll behind me, producer Fred. Uh, we are releasing podcast episodes each and every Monday. Uh, again, covering all things hockey. So thank you to everybody for coming out here. If you're out here and you happen to find us, well, welcome. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube again every single week. A little bit later on, we will have Bali Sports's Audra Martin joining us, as well as Beer Joe, because this podcast is presented by Grain Belt Beers. Be sure to check out those Grain Belt specials here at Duke's Pub. So again, Kirsten, let's do this. This is our second live show, you guys. Very excited to be here. I'm excited to be here, too. And But first and foremost, I just have to say, I think of this every time you say it. I love the way you pronounce Bally Sports. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say it? Bally Sports. Bally Sports. That's what I said. You said Bali. Bali, Bally. Bally. I don't know. Is that a Minnesota thing? I don't know. I mean, you've lived here your whole life, too, besides college, didn't you? Yeah. So yes. you have no excuse at this I point. I got no excuse. Can anybody confirm? Bali, Bally? Audra, is it Bali? Bally. Bali? Bally. See? My bad. See, it matters. We are. <laughs> Apparently. She said Bali. We're She's off. been saying. <laughs> we're off to bring back Fox Sports North. Uh, we are. <laughs> we're off to a roaring start. Uh, if you guys missed it yesterday, the Minnesota Wild notching their second victory of the regular season. Let's hear it. Go Wild. Get those points, baby, after a dismal start. Kirsten, are they going to do pretty darn good on this uh, road stretch up through Canada? Are we hoping? I mean, seems like a pretty easy schedule, but time, time will tell. You know, I will say I wasn't sold on Ottawa at the beginning of the season. I still don't know how I feel. Paul Fletcher, if you're familiar, has been every time Ottawa does something, he texts me and he's like, oh, look at Ottawa. Like, I've picked them to win their division. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't see, I, I thankfully don't have the preview and breakdown coming up next. Yes. I don't see them getting past Ottawa. I really don't. Ottawa. I hope they do. I don't see it. I don't, you know, that'll be tomorrow again. Good 3-1 victory in Montreal last night. Uh, looking ahead, I mean, the thing that concerned me most about the Minnesota Wild struggling out of the gates, it wasn't necessarily always just the way that they were losing, which was on the offense, on the defense, and on the goaltending. But it was the fact that they were doing it at home. I mean, we talked about this on this week's episode, uh, that home is such a sacred place, you know, for every team. But Minnesota especially, it's very rare that the Wild are losing at home. So it seems letting those points just kind of out, out of their grasp is, is a huge missed opportunity. The good news is, everybody, it's an 82-game season. 
But, I mean, are we thinking now you really have to eat up those points now on this road trip, especially, to bring it back home in a positive manner next week? Well, first off, I mean, I think it, I think people are just very shocked because coming off the season that we had last year where you rarely saw the Wild lose at home. I think people got very accustomed to that. Then you come into this season, you see them struggling so much early on, and I think there was a lot of people who did expect to see not the same team as last year. But at the same time, like, Minnesota sports fans, they're not very <laughs> rational. Not very rational here. Um, and so I think seeing that, Everyone did hit the panic button a little bit, but like you said, 82-game season. We're still early on. People were asking about goaltending concerns with Fleury after the first couple of games, and 82 games, everybody, 82 games. And Marc-Andre Fleury finding his groove, ladies and gentlemen, just a beautiful thing. We knew he would. Uh, Speaking of Marc-Andre Fleury, speaking of goaltending, we have a little trivia. Would love for you guys to participate if anybody knows the answer. True or false, the Minnesota Wild has had at least one Vezina finalist in its history. Does anybody know? Vezina, obviously. Come on up. Don't be shy. Is it true? No, I'm sorry. Playing for the, like, has a Vezina finalist as a member of the Minnesota Wild. I heard a yes over here. Who who would you say? I think it might have been Dubnik. Dubnik is one. Would you believe it if I told you there have been two Vezina finalists? In Are you confident history? you know who the second one is? Heck no. I was guessing on the first one. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you, I mean, you're must be feeling lucky today because exactly. you got it right. I know. And uh, Nicholas Backstrom, your second Vezina finalist. I know we forgot about Backy, right? But yes, Devin Dubnik. <laughs> The other one, which I think surprises Devin Dubnik, was our guest on last week's episode. Again, you can check out Bard on Beauties on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, everywhere that you get your podcast streaming app. So go check out that app. Very fun to chat with Dubes, uh, one of the Vezina finalists. Now, do we think Mark andre Fleury, we, you know, we came into the season with Dean Evson telling us he's going to play the bulk of the starts, right? He's going to get 70 starts, maybe 60 starts. I mean, 70 is a lot. But especially at almost 38 years old. Do we think with the way that things had started trending, he's going to be able to carry that type of workload, Kirsten? I mean, I don't think you can put that kind of expectation on any goaltender in the National Hockey League. I mean, 82 games, and I don't like to say something's bound to happen, but I mean, you you put your body through a lot during a season. So to say you're going to be perfectly flawless, like, throughout the whole duration, it's iffy. Um, I do say... He will be in that the majority of the time. I still have skepticism about backup goaltending with Gustavson. Did we determine that's how we pr- properly say no, his name? I just call him Gus because that's the only way Dean refers to him because I'm pretty sure Dean doesn't know his last name either. Uh, no, Gus it <laughs> is. Gus <laughs> it is. Philip Gustavson, yes, the backup goaltender. And I, I maybe was a little harsh on him last week. Calling him an AHL backup goaltender. Jesse is uh, starting to feel regretful about her comments. I, only when I see them face-to-face, because I don't think I'd say that to their face all the time. Sometimes I might. I'd back up my, back up my stats. But uh, Gus visiting Ottawa for the first time since the trade, the one-for-one one trade that sent Cam Talbot to Ottawa. Now, Kirsten, I've seen a lot of people in my mentions saying, we want Talbot back. We want Talbot back. That was a terrible trade. Currently, Cam Talbot is not playing, by the way. He is injured. He is out for the next couple weeks here. But do you think that the Marc-Andre Fleury-Cam Talbot tandem would have picked up where they kind of left off? I'm talking before playoffs, during the regular season, where they kind of went 50-50. Would you feel more confident in that versus what we've seen out of Gus and Fleury so far? 
I definitely would feel more comfortable with that. <laughs> I'm not even going to beat around the bush there. I was one of those people. I'm going to bring it up again. I said last season they were the best goalie tandem no. in the NHL. And I know Wins Jesse not has a goalie strong. stat. Whatever. I don't care. They were. It was just nice knowing you had a solid starter in net both any night that you put one of them in the net. So it was just nice knowing that you had that confidence standing there, especially now when you look at the defensive situation for the Wild. I mean, I know they... They got better last night in that game. They definitely did. Dumba performed better as well um, after starting off the season on a little bit of a rough note, to say that lightly. Um, but especially with the defense in the area that it's been in, you need to kind of rely on goaltending a little bit more. And I would feel a lot more confident in doing so if Cam Talbot were still there. I was never on board for getting rid of him, but I understand the reasonings for doing so. <coughs> Wrong. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean... I think last night in their win over Montreal, in Montreal, you saw defense for the first time you've seen all season, frankly, right? You saw them defending in their zone, defending the puck. Great play through the neutral zone. Um, smarter penalties. Uh, you know, you always hate to say that because you never want to go down a guy, but definitely not stupid penalties, which they were really hindered and hung up on er in those early losses. But, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Last year, and this is why I'm not as confident in the tandem as you and many others are, because last year the defense played outstanding, and last year the offense played outstanding. When you have the puck, you're not defending, you're not sa you're not stopping shots, right? Naturally, duh. But that's why, like, Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury were getting the wins, but they weren't saving a game. They weren't stealing a game, necessarily. You saw Marc-Andre Fleury do more of that in these past two wins in Vancouver, against Vancouver. Excuse me. Shout out to Bruce Boudreau. I'm so sorry for him. I'm so he's not going to be a coach much longer in Vancouver, who is still winless as of right now. I believe they Oof. might play tonight. Tough scene. Tough scene in Vancouver uh, for him. But, no, I mean, I think that's the problem. Now you're seeing this porous kind of defense, and now you're seeing what your goaltending really is all about. And, and we had, you know, alluded to it. You're going to have to play Gus more than you probably want to. And he's not going to be – he's not just a guy that's going to have to go in there and eat up minutes to give Marc-Andre Fleury a break. He's going to be a guy that has to win, especially now that they started with those, those missing points. It's, uh, it's going to be tough. Let's move on from the goaltending. Let's talk about offense. Now, we knew okay. coming in, right? Strongest point on the team strong, thus far. So, yes, let's, let's go on a strong note here. It's supposed to be. Speaking of offense, we have another trivia question for you, another Bardown Beauties Minnesota Wild hockey trivia. How many points did the Minnesota Wild finish the regular season with last year? Does anybody know? How many points did the Minnesota Wild finish the regular season with last year? I think we got a couple hands over yeah. there. Yeah. 113, that is correct. A franchise best. Very nice, sir. Congratulations. You get a good thumbs up. You want a sticker? We got stickers back here, everybody. Um, yes, a franchise best, 113 points in the regular season. Second question is, how did they do in the playoffs? Then? No, I'm just kidding. I Brutal. Jesse. Brutal. Sorry, that didn't help. Um, no, but, you know, in, in addition to having a franchise best uh, regular season, you saw – the Minnesota offense come through and have players have career years. Marcus Foligno, elite goal scorer. Ryan Hartman, elite goal scorer. Jules Eriksnek finally getting into that elite category. And then obviously you have number 97, Kirill Kaprizov. But you're starting to see, and as we had discussed, a lot of those players, I wouldn't say they're necessarily have taken a step back, but those goals ain't coming like they did last year. No, you're right. And I think we still really have yet to see Ryan Hartman make an impact as just one of those notable differences early on this season. I mean, okay, again, granted, we're only a few games into the season. There's still plenty of time, but 
I think everyone just kind of expected Hartman because he played such a big role on offense last year to already kind of get something going. I think Matt Zuccarello has been a big shining point on yes. this team early on this season. Is that in part because of Kirill Kaprizov? I definitely think so, but just those two together on the same line, magic. I love it. And that's been, I would say, the biggest, besides Matt Boldy, Shining point on the wild offense. I mean, those on. two, Zuki and Kaprizov, are the only two constant in the team. It's the things that you are guaranteed to know are going to work out. And Death, again, it's taxes, Matt Zuccarello and Kirill Kaprizov. <laughs> Connecting on some insane goal that you had no idea was even possible. And it's, it's funny because I just did a story about this for Minnesota Hockey, um, for youth kids actually, about how you can work on your passing and the importance of passing. And I asked Matt Hendricks, formerly of the Minnesota Wild, currently with the Wild for in the development category, a development coach. He had said, you know, the, it's uncanny how those two can always find each other. But it's because they're always looking for each other, too. Which Dean Evson has mentioned to us in post-game conferences can be a little bit of a problem when they're always just looking for one another. I mean, not necessarily that you need to spread it out, especially when you have the elite skill that those two do together. Um, but you need to kind of spread some of that wealth, I think, just a smidge. I mean, we saw lines get jumbled up a little bit. Ryan Hartman still kind of trying to find his place amongst this squad. And I think, again, goes now talk to about the center position because, as we all know, the Minnesota Wild lack true center depth. I am a Wild fan, guys. I swear. Like, I enjoy she's watching just, them. She's very critical, very critical. But somebody needs to be because so far, so far I've just been throwing some softballs. Exactly. So maybe I'll just continue to be the nice cop and I'll just let Jesse be the bad cop. There that sounds go. more fun to me. When you're old and jaded, Kirsten, you will finally find what it's like to be a Minnesota sports fan. Um, no, but do you think that the Minnesota Wild currently, who would be your number one center as it sits, whatever, seven, eight games in, whatever we're in? Man, I don't even know. Right. I, I, I can't even tell you. No. I mean, Marco Rossi was supposed to be. You need to give that kid more plain minutes. Miko yes. Koivu. <laughs> oh, still, it's still Miko Koivu. <laughs> Raise your hand if you guys are happy Miko Koivu's jersey number is retired at XL Energy Center. Nice. All right. Some number nine cap fin fans. I like it. I like it. I'll reserve comment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Miko, I think he deserves a ring of honor. That's kind of my take okay. on it. Kind of similar to Jared Allen getting for the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. That should be exciting, but... Just kind of something there, you know, that's just me. But, yeah, I would agree. There's no number one center currently no. on this Minnesota Wild team, which is, it's not a surprise. I think, again, you saw Jules Eriksson-Eck take that step forward. I do like what we have seen out of Sam Steele, a new acquisition from the offseason. And, obviously, Marco Rossi is there. He just needs to get more ice time. I mean, you're not able to assess what he can do until – he plays more, frankly. Well, yeah, and I think that stirred up a lot of controversy, too, when he was a healthy scratch. When was it? When they were just finishing out that road trip at home, or finishing out their stretch at home, not road trip. Yeah, you're not and on a road trip when you're in St. Paul. Thank you for clarifying. I, just so you know. You know, I'm still brain fog today, I guess mm -hmm. you could say. Um, it's because he's never seen the Mighty Ducks. Oh, my goodness. Kirsten has that's, never that's seen why. the Mighty Ducks. Let's all boo real quick. <laughs> boo! No, she doesn't know St. Paul. I, I should have been prepared for that, but I wasn't. And now I just upset Audra Martin. None of them? None of them. Pick another Don't random movie. She, won't wa she wouldn't have watched yeah. that either. Yeah, Audra's probably I bailing think, now. I think Audra's She's out. leaving. Audra's out. She's um, gone. I'm just going to get it out of the way. I don't watch movies. <laughs> I've seen Miracle like 50 times in my life. That's got to count for something, right? Yeah. That yeah. counts for something. My five-year-old's seen Miracle that many times, but that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I am I'm very red in the face. Now Jesse's putting me on the spot. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. We're fine. Yes. Everything's fine. I don't even what know. What were we even talking mm -hmm. about? Centers? Marco Rossi? 
needing yes, the controversy that is Marco Rossi not playing quite enough in order to assess where he. I'm is gonna at. be honest. I think that's on Dean Everson. 100. What do you expect when you? Give a kid his first shot in the NHL. He's only played like three games. He's still getting his feet under him. The whole team, for a fact, is was struggling at that point when right. he was a healthy scratch. That wasn't fair. No, it's. I mean, I understood, and because we point blank would ask Dean this in post game conferences, like, "What's up with that?" Like, first, you, yeah, you have him as a healthy scratch. Then you come in, bump him up into the Matt Boldy, Freddie Goodrill line, which is great. But at the same time, it's like you're not being clear enough, I feel, with such a young player of what you want. And, I mean, again, he's a player that needs to be playing. He's a guy that's not on the bench. He's the ninth overall draft pick, for crying out loud. So the expectations should be high. He has high expectations. And I think you saw through training camp and preseason, he has that comfort and he fits in. But, yeah, I think Dean got a little rattled with how the team started off this year. And he wanted his veteran players to try to figure it out instead of maybe, you know, um, and it's not death by fire, but like – Introduction by fire? Not, uh, whatever. You know what I'm trying to well, say. I, I know what you it know is, what but I just – I know what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, we're not so, going to – Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. Again, a lot of hockey, a lot of season left to play. We have a lot of hockey left to talk. We are going to take a quick break when we come back. Bally? Bally Sports. She got it, everybody. Let's Thank give Jesse a round of applause for learning Worked how really to properly pronounce words. Bally Sports' Audra Martin will join us. We'll talk a little wild. We'll talk a little Mighty Ducks now that we know Kirsten hasn't well, seen it. Pizza. Uh, way to make me feel left out already. Take a pizza break. Take a beer break. We'll be right back. All right, we are back again. We are the Bardown Beauties podcast. I'm Jesse Pierce. She's Kirsten Kroll, hosting Bardown Beauties, talking all things hockey, including Minnesota Wilds, uh, Minnesota Whitecaps, Gophers if we want to. I don't talk about any of the other teams. Sorry, Huskies, my bad. Uh, <laughs> new episodes released every single Monday. Out here, courtesy of Green Belt, be sure to go get your Nordies, go get your premiums, order Duke's Pizza while you're at it. Joining us now, Bally. Now I'm thinking about it too much. Bally Sports. Well, you should be. I Bally. You should be. But you got it right now. Bally. That sounds I don't think I've ever heard anybody be confused about the pronunciation (laughs) of it. I got that going for you. You're a first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Audra Martin, ladies and gentlemen, big round of applause for Audra coming out here, joining us in Oakdale at Duke's Pizza Pub and Grill. Audra, what's up? Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming and joining us. I know you have a lot of unpacking to do because... So Audra covers the Twins, and then the Twins, because of the lockout, went a little smidge longer, not because they were winning, guys, because of the lockout. Oh, come on. (laughs) Salt in the wound, Jesse. Salt in the wound. But then you had to just dive right into the wild. So did you now, your boxes, how many boxes still need to be unpacked from a July move? Okay, well, actually, now that you say unpacking, I, and I'm not lying, if I get home, I will send you a picture. I still have my suitcase from the last road trip of the twin season sitting on the floor (laughs) in my family room completely unpacked because I just haven't had the energy. Um, But yes, I did. I moved into a new apartment July 2nd and I still have not finished unpacking (laughs) because I haven't, I worked so many twins games that I don't know if you're like me, but it's like when you work seven days straight, right? You want one lazy day, then you have like a day to run errands and do laundry and stuff. And then, so then the third day would be, okay, well now I get to get back into baseball mode. I have to do game notes and prep, whatever. So there wasn't, I need like a stretch of seven days to just go. My mom calls it the white tornado because I guess it was like some (laughs) commercial or something from the 70s or 80s that was like a cleaning company. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. 
Yeah. So my mom, my mom calls me the white tornado. When I get in organizing and cleaning mode, like there's no stopping me. But I need like four days for that because yeah. I just when I get on a project, I just keep going. Yeah. So the just two and three days off that I have in baseball season wasn't um, conducive. Didn't do it for no. you. No. So yeah. I, I, I still have boxes and yes i legitimately still have the suitcase from the last twins road trip still sitting in my apartment you know i think that's fair because i've been guilty of the suitcase thing as well where it's been i noticed it's been two weeks and it's still sitting in the corner of my room and i'm like ah, i should probably do something about that and then just don't get around to it for a while there are two people in life the ones who get home from a trip and unpack immediately <laughs> and the ones who wait an exceptionally long time. Exactly. And I feel ladder. like I feel like it's when you travel too, like the two types of people, those who unpack and hang up their clothes in the closet and those who just Shuffle it out of the suitcase. Oh, yeah. I, I think we can guess which one me and Audra no, are. absolutely. I always I, laugh when I get room service on the road. Yeah. every Because I'm kind of a homebody on the road, so I just get a lot of room service. And they'll come in, and I'm like, Pardon the mess, because I just basically throw everything on the floor in the hotel room, and that's how I lay it out to just, like, distinguish what outfits I have to wear and what shoes go with what. I just throw it on the floor. I don't hang it up. So these, like, room well, service you know people come in. Is. Exactly. <laughs> it's all right there. You know, I can see it right in front of me. But, yeah. So I always put the do not disturb on the door because I don't want you're cleaning. I don't, your yeah, well, yeah, and I don't want the, um, the cleaning ladies to come in and... I don't want to be embarrassed of how it literally looks like a bomb went off in my hotel room. So then at the end of the road trip, that's the best. Because then you just throw it all in a suitcase. You don't have to fold it. You don't have to organize it. You just throw it in there and put it on the truck. <laughs> and just when you land in Minnesota, it's there. But then it sits there in your room or in your living room for three weeks. So things are going well, though. Things are going things well. Things are yeah. going <laughs> well for Audra. Well, I mean, Jesse, you were there. I mean, yeah. literally, the last Twins game I worked was on a Thursday or Wednesday. And then Thursday night, Craig Leopold was gracious enough to yes. um, invite media members to come to the preseason game on that Thursday night to watch a game with him and, and talk to him and stuff. Free food. Media people don't turn down free food. That's what it really was about, let's be honest. Is that okay? Well, yeah. for me, it was a jump start into getting back into hockey mode because I was I worked almost every game in September. So I was so engulfed in baseball that it was really hard to try to focus and switch my attention to hockey. So I felt like I needed, like, a crash course. So I asked you. Like, I was like, you know, kind of catch me up. I haven't been able to get to, uh, to camp or to practices because I – have been on the road um, because it, it, as you said, with the season going longer for baseball this year, I normally have two weeks off between baseball and hockey. Yeah. This year I had one week off and I had other obligations with Bally sports, Bally, Bally sports yeah. North. Um, so I only had two full actual days off to get ready for hockey season. And it was very overwhelming. Um, and then things got off to a start that I was not really expecting. I mean, preseason, when you asked me those questions, I was like, this team is going all the way, playing yeah. the parade route. I mean, they Hang were almost the on. Yeah, you were very yeah. confident. Very confident. And they let me down as Minnesota teams tend to do. Audra, yeah. were you – I mean, yeah. How – what happened? What do you think happened, especially at home? You know, where I've talked to Kirsten, yeah. we mentioned this earlier on. I just feel that's what's more disappointing to me is that this was started at home. For the first time, I haven't started a season at home in quite some time. So, like – have all this excitement, carried over from last year, ready to go, let's do it, and it was just kind of a... Right, because what did they have last year? Like, only eight regulation losses at home? Yeah. Something like, like, like single digits? At, yeah, so I was not expecting that at all. I don't think anybody was. I mean, the team wasn't. Nobody was. Uh, I think, to me, the most surprising thing was 
is that the difference between what we saw last year and what we saw at the start of this year, um, you would, if you didn't know the team, you would ex- you would think that it was because they sold off the entire team, that it was a completely yeah. different roster. And so when you look at the fact that it really the, the biggest departure was Kevin Fiala, yeah. it shouldn't have been that big of a difference. And it wasn't the offensive stuff that they were necessarily missing. It was the defensive side of things. And when you look at the blue line, it's not like there was a really big change in personnel there. So, uh, yeah, that was very confusing. It's not uh, very easy to do a post-game show uh, <laughs> one right after another when it's, you know, they gave up seven goals, seven goals, six goals. Uh, it's tough. But me personally, I maybe it's because I'm an internal optimist. I'm always a glass half full kind of person. I wasn't necessarily worried. In my mind, I was just kind of telling myself maybe they're trying too hard. Maybe they're trying to make up for the fact that they knew that fans were disappointed. The organization was disappointed. The players were disappointed with how things ended in the postseason that, you know, they're trying to come out with a splash this year and trying to put the, the postseason uh, behind them that maybe they were just trying too hard because it just didn't look like the same team that we were used to. It was, it was I don't know if I've ever been so confused, you know, to start a season. I just, it just was not what I was expecting at all whatsoever. Uh, the last game, way more indicative of the team that we got True. used to seeing. Um, even the game in Boston, you know, there was more fight. and So I think things are headed in the right direction, um, no doubt. I have a lot of faith. It, it, again, you look at the roster, there wasn't enough change that there should be this huge dramatic right. drop-off. It's just a matter of getting back to their identity. Not to take the words out of Bill Guerin and, and Dean Evison's mouth when they I were mean, saying that we yeah. – And yours, yeah. yeah. we got to yeah, get back obviously. to the identity that the team played with last year. But it's early. You know, I mean, if we're having this conversation in even December, I mean, yeah. January, then, then we'll – you know, we'll talk then, but right now I'm, I'm not necessarily too concerned. Maybe it's good to have adversity early on. It's a uh, slap in the face, a wake-up call early, and you know what? Maybe that's the worst that we see of it. You know? you know, going off that too, and I've seen a lot of people saying the same thing online, but I'd so much rather have that right out the gate, right yeah. away to start the season. Like, yeah, it's not fun to lose. It's disappointing. You expected so much more, but imagine that happening, which it has in the postseason, I would mm-hmm. so much rather have it happen yep. right away. Them have an opportunity to get it figured out. That's why I'm not hitting the panic button. I know yeah. a lot of people are. They're just kind of already throwing, counting out the wild. The peaks <laughs> I wouldn't and do valleys, that. Man. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. And not even in the postseason. To me, there's nothing more disappointing than backing into the playoffs. Yes. And we saw that. We've seen that a couple times here. A I've seen of, it with the previous two NHL teams that I've covered. Um, you know, when, when you are – playing extremely well in February and beginning of March. And it's like, oh, my God, we're going to win the Stanley Cup. And then the back end of March comes, and it just starts going downhill. And you literally are like, beep, beep, beep. We're back in the truck. We're backing into the playoffs. That, to me, is disappointing. Yes, it stinks to get off to a a tough start. uh, But I would rather – I would much rather get the adversity and wake-up calls earlier on because – you got to have that momentum going into the postseason. Yeah. Well, I feel the Wild also just historically have always done better when their backs are against the wall, too, and people are counting them out. For whatever reason, it seems like they take it personally, and then they take their game up to that next level. And I, I don't think know that's if anyone why, agrees. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why those first couple of games were tough, because it's like, what happened to that fight? You know, Wes and I talked about it uh, right out of the get-go. Um, 
the first game because we were remembering the first home game last season against the Winnipeg Jets, which was the craziest <laughs> hockey game I've ever seen in my entire yes. life. Nothing will ever top that. I could literally talk to a stop sign if I had to, and I could not think of what to say off the top of the show in the post game because I was like, I don't, I don't know what just happened. Like, I begged for people to bring uh, it up. I, I was like, did you say Winnipeg? No, I didn't. I was just breathing. I'm like, oh, but you didn't because I wanted to talk about that. I, I mean, I, I will never forget that hockey game. Like, Oh, Shifley scores. Oh, everybody mass exited out of the building. Mm-hmm. And then, wait a minute, no offsides. And uh, uh, Again, I literally, I looked at Wes, and I literally, on the post-game show, I said, Wes, I have no idea what to say right now because I literally cannot believe what I just saw. Yeah. So I think everybody in these first couple of games was thinking, okay, when they were down 3 nothing in the first, okay, it's fine. We'll see them have that remarkable comeback in the third yeah exactly you having to write multiple stories and stuff like that (laughs) I think that's you know everybody was expecting that and so when it didn't happen in the first three games um yeah it's it was I mean it it was unnerving but you know what again it's early well and you know not to just to piggyback a little bit off of what both of you had said I don't care about a 13-game win streak, and yes, I'm alluding to a couple years ago when the Wild had that 13-game yeah. win streak heading yeah. into New Year's Which, against yep. Columbus. Oh, raise the banner right exciting, then It's exciting, right? That's great. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything come the second half of the season. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, Audra, yeah. February, March, play your best hockey yeah. ever. Because and, right. and even Billy G has said this time and time again. He's like, I don't care about how many points they have in the regular season. Yeah. You didn't do anything in the postseason. I mean, it's it's – Seems like such a simple concept, and, yeah. and I do agree. I think it's been very uncharacteristic this start because it's the same team, and it's a lot of the same schematics and, and same kind of mind, mindset that uh, they've had last year. I, w- I do have another trivia for question for you guys, if you so care. The inaugural season for the Minnesota Wild, 2000-2001, how many points did that team finish with in that regular season? Does anybody have an idea? What? Lower. Lower than 78 points. Anybody? Higher than 52. Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> I, I, thought what do you six, think, I thought 64 for some reason was. You're yeah. close. It was. She said it first, Dad. Shout out to JP back there. Uh, <laughs> deciding to pay attention for a change. <laughs> Uh, 68. That inaugural team had 68 points. So dramatically different. I think that speaks to to like where the NHL has gone, right? I mean, those were different days, different playing teams. I'm sure Wes could talk at length about that. Um, but it's Audra's just shaking her head. She's like, "Yep, you sure." Bring can. it up. Bring it up on the next <laughs> thing. Like, did you know 68 yeah. points just blow them away? Well, no. <laughs> I mean, and that's why I love working with Wes. It is fascinating to me to hear some of his stories and just and yeah. like you said, how different the game is. Yes. Um, because that you know I was young, it, uh, well I'm way older than you, Kirsten. So yeah. I yeah. wouldn't say way older. She's yeah, pretty much. That's probably why she hasn't seen Mighty Ducks. She's just too young. Oh, we're bringing that back again. It comes we? back every. I feel time. like I can't get away you from have to now forfeit your I'm a Minnesotan card and give it True. to me. That even though I'm not a Minnesota native, I feel like I deserve it because you have not seen Mighty Ducks. Well, then that leads me I to agree. this: Is it a hot dish or a casserole? Casserole. Yeah, I mean, I grew up casserole, but now nope. I can't. There I call it a hot dish. <laughs> you don't get the Minnesota card because I sorry. hear people over there I backing up. Jesse, you just lost yours too. To be fair, forget Mighty Ducks. You say it's a casserole. Yeah, I was gonna say exactly. We weren't like, a real. Yeah. We weren't a big <laughs> casserole hot dish thing. Like, so I am gonna poke fun at you, Kirsten, though, oh, because no. I love. No, Let's no, keep that so going, because yeah. of Mighty Ducks, I was actually talking to uh, some of the listeners here 
just about like how I got into hockey. I started being a fan of hockey when I was younger. I grew up in Chicago. My family does not like sports. The only person in my family that likes sports was my grandmother, and she was a huge Cubs fan. So nice. I would watch Cubs fan or Cubs games with her religiously. That's where my love of baseball came. I can respect but that. But with hockey, I started watching hockey games when I was in second grade because we were not allowed to have televisions in our rooms growing up. And I happened to be in the basement storage room one day, and I found an old television. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a rebel. And I lugged that television up to my bedroom, and I plugged it in, and and my parents came home when they saw it, and they're like, whatever, we don't even care. Well, my sister was so mad that I didn't get grounded for sneaking this television into my room. So she was PO'd. And so <laughs> she was like, well, I'm just going to start watching television in your room. And I was like, no, that sucks. I don't want my sister in my room. So the only way I could get her out of my room was to put a sporting event on the television. Smart. And it was in the winter, so it was either... Bulls basketball or Blackhawks hockey. And that's how I literally watched my first hockey game ever was because I was trying to get my (laughs) sister out of my bedroom. And it took like one game. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Now I'm hooked. And then, you know, I I lived through the whole Blackhawks, you know, blacked out the games so they didn't have the home broadcast on TV. So, you know, all that. And again, nobody in my family likes sports. So I certainly wasn't going down to (laughs) Chicago to watch the games. Um, but then, so that got me intrigued in hockey, and then Mighty Ducks came out. And the first yes. one I liked, it was like, okay, but Mighty Ducks 2, let oh. me tell you, when that movie came out, I was obsessed. To this day, I still watch Mighty Ducks. You know, I don't know if you guys like me, but, like, I don't like quiet and so sometimes I just want to put something on in the background. Yeah. My go-to is Mighty Ducks 2. I, like I probably okay. could say the whole movie from start to finish for Christmas a couple years ago, my sister got me game-worn Team USA hockey socks from the filming of Mighty Ducks 2 with the official, like, Hollywood, <laughs> like, uh, SAG, um, you know, certification. Like these are actually, these are actually yeah. Yeah. I tell everybody that they were Charlie Conway's. I don't really know who <laughs> wore them, but in my mind, Charlie wore them. Yes. Yeah. Smart. Uh, well, right. I mean, like, and then, so mm. when I got the job here, my parents helped me move into my apartment. The first thing I made them do was take me to every location that was shot. So... <laughs> Anybody who's been following me on Instagram and Twitter for years, the first post I or pictures I posted yeah. was outside of Mickey's diner. Amazing. And it's a picture of me like this, like looking, and I my, the caption says, Where's Charlie's Just mom? looking for Charlie Conway. Yeah, like literally. <laughs> and then I made them go to uh, Mall of America so I could see the scene, you know, where they went ro- uh, rollerblading through yeah. the mall. Yeah, like full blown obsession <laughs> with that movie. So I feel like Jesse knew that about you, and that's why she I brought it She up. did. I don't, yeah. Because I just, anybody that. Like hockey in Minnesota, it's Mighty Ducks. That's all you talk about. That's what we do. Okay, but like how many times have you pride? seen Miracle? Probably a thousand. Oh, no. Actually, no, no, I don't know. Maybe 10, 20. I don't know. I mean, in like Slapshot, I've only seen a handful of times when oh, I was younger. One. But like, yeah, Kristen no, hasn't seen Mighty that one either. So oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, somebody suggested she watch Youngblood. I'm like, I'll give you a pass on Youngblood. I haven't seen I'll that watch one. it because a lot of people haven't. It. It's, it's a junior in it. I'll watch it. But yeah. I will say, no, Mighty Ducks, as I got older, though, the one gripe, the only gripe I had, and it's probably because I write for USA Hockey and Minnesota Hockey, there's no way those kids would have been on the same team together. You got a kidney dying and a kid right. in Minneapolis. Well, and can we talk about, like, what are these districts? This District 6 is all over Okay, the place. do you remember the scene in Mighty Ducks 2 where, um, uh, Kirsten, do you remember the scene? <laughs> Vividly. <laughs> When Luis Mendoza has the breakaway and then he yes. finally slams on the brakes. Did you think of Jason Zucker sometimes? <laughs> no. I don't. Uh, no. It just happens sometimes. No. <laughs> I love J- Jason Zucker. But if you watch 
um, when he's on the breakaway. So the actor who plays Luis Mendoza is a lefty. And then when they do the wide shot of him on the breakaway, he's a righty. And then all of a sudden it goes back to a tight shot and the players are a lefty. So like little things like that, and like let's be honest, like the flying V, and like it, it, like <laughs> take yeah, out the first guy. Yeah, I mean, just take yeah, him out. Yeah, like yeah. How many? But you, all right, whose favorite Mighty Ducks is it? One. Whose favorite? Let's round of applause. One. Anybody? Or raise hands. Mm. All right, one. How about Mighty Ducks two? All right, two. Anybody three? I love. I three. like three too. I love maybe because I, I like older Julie Joshua the Cat. Gaffney finally gets a little yes. bit bigger of a role. I liked yep. Julie the Cat. Yeah. Eyes are like kissing your brother. That's what she said. Well, you watch the spin-off show? I tried. Game Changers. I have tried. Not a fan. I did um, not watch it. It's weird because the ducks are like the bad guys in that one. Like they had transformed the right if I'm getting that cry. I feel like they're not If you watch all the way through by the end they of the turn season, better. they turn better. Do they? Okay. They all turn right. Better. Spoiler stick alert. with it long enough, apparently. Just a spoiler alert. <laughs> um so Audrey, you said that we don't have to worry about the Minnesota Wild necessarily. Like, it's not time to hit that panic button. Yeah, no. Right? No. When did you hit the panic button for the Twins? Because I feel like you weren't supposed to worry about them. Oh, Jesse! Like, <laughs> don't put the shots fired. Oh, you know. when did I... You know, honestly... <laughs> How the turntables. Yeah. You know, honestly, though, that's a good question. I don't know if I really ever hit the panic button until... it. Because, again, eternal optimist. I was really hoping that, especially because the Twins had so many games in the back end of the season against Cleveland and against Chicago, that I was like, you know, anything can happen. Um, And I know everyone's going to say, oh, you're being a homer. Like, oh, you work for Bally, so you have to, like, talk positively. Like, no, I'll be real, 100%. I was really still really optimistic, and I'm not trying to make excuses, but you cannot look at the guys who are on – the IL and not expect them to struggle. I mean, you look at, they had literally nearly an entire starting lineup on the IL and that team I would put up against just about anybody. So, I mean, you can't expect them to have this fantastic season when they are missing Byron Buxton, Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, you know, and the pitchers that they lost. I mean, it was tough. I think, you know, the beginning of the season, Yes, we can all admit that the division wasn't very strong, and that's just the reality of it. But you know what? You win a division, you win a division. I don't care who's in it. You still won the division. Excuse me. But, um, yeah, it was tough because that was a good group of guys. The yeah. Carlos Correa, I will say this until I'm 80 years old. I cannot tell you guys. Carlos Correa is probably I – would, I would put him up, like, maybe with two or three other athletes that I've covered in my career of doing this now for – 10 plus years. Carlos Correa is one of the greatest humans I've ever dealt with in my life. Great guy, great athlete, great leader. I mean, and from a media perspective of which you guys can both appreciate, so helpful, so transparent, just, you know, ask him whatever, he's going to shoot you straight. Just a wonderful freaking human being. So I would love for him to be back. I know it's going to be tough, but um, yeah. So it was tough. Like, the end of the year, you know, you, you're saying goodbye to these guys. And you're like, see ya, uh, maybe. You know, like, <laughs> Dylan Bundy came up to me, and he was like, bye, Audra, thanks for everything. You know, give Dylan a hug. I was like, yeah, I'll see you next. And he, before I even finished, he's like, will you? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm like, yeah, good point. You know, you just, you just that's don't know. tough. So it was a tough ending. But I love that organization. I love baseball. I mean, it was my first love. Um, hopefully things turn around. 
Right, one more question, bringing it back to hockey before we take one final break and do a wrap. Talking a little about beer next time. Um, you talked about divisions for the Minnesota Twins and how it was kind of soft. Yeah. Central division, I feel like it's very top and bottom. Like, you can figure out who's the top, who's the bottom. Where do you think the Minnesota Wild are going to settle in the Central? Are they a playoff-bound mm-hmm. team? Are they going – I mean, what are your one, two, three, fours? So, I just feel like I, it's almost like programmed to me because we have gotten used to this where the, the Wilds are – a perennial playoff team. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we just don't know. Um, I I would probably say the same thing again this year. Like, I, I, I would say that they have the potential. I know the beginning of the season was not great. But I think when you just look at the raw talent, the pieces that they have, um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm so excited to see Matt Boldy. I mean, he played a fantastic game the other day. Matt, uh, you know, yes, great game. Love Matt Boldy. Um, to see Marco Rossi really kind of clicking alongside Matt Boldy is very exciting. Um, you know, and uh, come on, Kirill Kaprizov. Like, how, how are you not going to just assume that he's going to push you <laughs> yeah. into being a winning program? Um, yeah, so I would say, like, right now I'm confident that this team is going to be a winning team but who knows it's too early for me to say i haven't watched Fair. enough predators games i, I oh, don't yes. really have a whole lot of faith about chicago that's a whole <laughs> other story uh, and then we got colorado i mean it's too early but i would say confidently like yes this team is going to be fighting for a playoff spot it's just a matter of okay now what do you do once mm-hmm. you get there and i know i'm preaching to the choir with minnesota sports fans <laughs> um but yeah, let's do something. Let's go into the second round. Oh, cool. You know, like that yeah. would be fun. Yeah, I've never seen that. I've covered this team for seven years. I've not seen the second round, and it's the saddest thing in my life. I don't even remember the second round. Yeah, just growing up yeah. here, mm-hmm. following. I don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Valley Sports is Audra Martin. Audra, thanks for coming out. Hanging. Thanks out. for having me, guys. You guys are the best. I love you both. Love you. We are gonna take one final quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk beer with our buddy Joe. So stay tuned. A couple more minutes. Again, Bar Down Beauties podcast. New episodes released every single Monday. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Again, first of all, I want to say thank you to every single one of you out here on purpose or otherwise that came to watch Bar Down Beauty's podcast. New episodes released every single Monday covering all things hockey. We absolutely love it. We would not be here doing these awesome live shows if it were not for this guy right here. Shells Joe, he's a big Hill Murray fan. Loves Hill Murray hockey. Not. Um, yep, he's not. He's a Roseville Raider no, slash Mountains View. Um, but uh, yeah, shout out to Shells and Greenbelt again. Still specials going on at the bar. Uh, Northeast and Premium Light. Go check them out if you have not. Also order a pizza while you're at it out here at Duke's. We love it. Uh, Jojo, what's going on? Last time we chatted, Oktoberfest, because it was October, or it was September, which is really when Oktoberfest happens. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, what have we got on tap with Shells and Greenbelt currently? Well, right now, my f- I'm super excited because the beer that I drink and spill all over myself here. <laughs> Perfect salesman right here. Yeah, well. <laughs> comes out of your clothes, it's, though. That's what you can say. Yeah, it like, comes out easily. It's it, washes, it washes out great. Yeah. Um, my go-to on a general basis at my house is our deer brand. Okay. Which is, we just put it on tap uh, today, came on. It's our original beer. It's beer, beer flavored beer. No marshmallows or candies yeah. or raspberries or anything. It, it, it's odd. We started making beer in 1860 that tasted like beer. 
<laughs> and here it is. Great concept, frankly. I, I, it's amazing. 162 years later, guess what? We're still making beer that tastes like <laughs> beer. Beer. We yeah, should insert so. like a baseball games when you hear like the beer, beer, beers like yes. song. We should just insert that, well, right? And that's and, and that's what that's what our deer brand is. It's beer. Beer. what is it? Beer. Well, it's deer brand. What is it? Well, it tastes like beer. <laughs> if you don't know what it means or don't know what that tastes like, then uh, maybe order a seltzer or something. I, uh, yeah, I don't or you know any of the other hundred different beers that you guys right. produce. Yeah, so. well, that'd be good. It sounds like it's a good beer. Deer beer to bring up to like the shack. Then I mean, was that name also alluding to any of the northern Minnesota folks? Maybe that. Uh, no. Well, it was so. I mean, not to get like super nerdy and dorky, but Do like it. back in you know in the in the Black Forest where August Shell came from, and emigrated to the U.S. Uh, deer were like a that was that was the that was the pride uh, uh, like celebrated animal. And ah, then yes. Okay. They, like, so our, we're we're based out of New Ulm, Minnesota, um, New Ulm. So Ulm, Germany. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. New Ulm, and <laughs> I know it's I like it. strange that there's a huge German population down in a city called New Ulm. Right. Uh, oh, and yeah. and <laughs> that was the, I mean that was the f- that was the family crest was a was a deer. So I mean even to this day, if you go down to the brewery, there's we have a pen. We have a deer pen. And it's super weird because you're like, well, they should be able to jump. Oh, no, we have like 20-foot fences and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, Don't try it. Yeah. Not <laughs> not recommended. The, the deer aren't leaving, and you're not getting in there. So, <laughs> Also, we had an incident like a few years ago where they thought the deer were uh, were sickly, but they were like molting. molting. Yeah. Mold- yeah they, and yeah. so they, people were like throwing burritos and stuff. It's like, please Please don't come to the brewery. Please don't throw food in the deer pen. Mostly a burrito they're because fine. they're not going to eat a burrito anyway yeah. if you chook it. I mean, well, I would. I mean, I would. If you threw, I'll tell you what. If you throw a burrito I'm at me right, right now, anybody, <laughs> I will eat it. Yeah. That's like Surprise. an open invitation. Like, anyone got one? It's true. It's true. I did order a pizza, though, so. It's a delicious Duke's pizza. Right? So good. Big fan. Big fan. Huge. I love. Huge. I also like that deer rhymes with beer. I feel like it's simple for people, even after they've had a little bit. Maybe it's it's a it's a cohesive deer beer. Deer beer, deer beer, and again, beer. again on tap here at Duke's right now, uh, in stores everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere. I mean, we it's Get our it. it's our first beer we've ever made. So legendary. Here it is. We yeah, we actually we act, <laughs> short short long story because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> We actually got into a fight with the Brewers Association of America. Nice. And oh. they were like, so the whole idea of like a craft brewery, quote unquote, is uh, small, independent, and traditional. And they were like, well, shells doesn't count. And we're uh, us and uh, another brewery out east, Yingling, um, they don't, we didn't qualify as uh, either of them because we were not traditional and the whole idea with traditional was that we use traditional ingredients well ah, yes. um the because we use we actually use corn in this beer we use corn to lighten the flavor and they the, what they're trying to do is eliminate like anheuser-busch and miller coors from being a part of the craft brewers association oh, sure okay and we're like hey man like our forefathers came here and the only barley that was available was six row and it's like that's the traditional barley grown it's not modified it's not like 
So they had to use corn to lighten the flavor, mm -hmm. to lighten the aggressiveness of what a six row is. Yeah. Um, I don't, it's super dorky, but like six row, two row, and whatever. For if you have to be a nerd about anything, be a nerd about beer. If I, I if you have yeah. my choice, right? Well, that's what I chose. Yes. So now here I am. <laughs> I feel that's kind of big time too, though, to get into a fight with the Brewers Association. <laughs> and you know Impressive. what? We ended up winning. The Brewer, oh. the Brewers Association, that's finally, good for business. they that's finally good. relented, and they were like. Okay, you can be a part of the Brewers Association because Come at uh, me. the uh, one of the sixth generation uh, family members, Jace, who is our former brewmaster, um, he came out. He just wrote this big long op-ed on the internet. Thank, thank God for the internet, huh? Yeah, right. Um, and he just tagged the Brewers First Association. First, there was a time when there wasn't internet, in case you didn't know. I do remember not being amazing. able to use the computer <laughs> when my mom was on the phone. I okay. do remember that. Right. Also, where go. can I get the title brewmaster? I want to add that to my name. That sounds fancy. Good question. I, I think at least a two or three classes worth. Okay. Sign me up. That seems I'm fair. in. I'm in. Yeah. Jesse will come with. Hey. So will Audra. I'm, I'm volunteering uh, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Well, we can, we can study beer. So. Exactly. I'm, I am so in. Joe, again, thank you so much yeah, for no joining problem. us, talking beer, educating beer. Go get your deer beer. Oh, I'm. Every yeah. single where. I'll get a couple every more. Single where. Is that even every thing? single where? Every single where. Everywhere is what I actually meant. My favorite is I was concerned about getting on here and saying the wrong things. Yeah. And then you say Bally or Bali? <laughs> Bally. Right? Okay. No one Bally? says Bali. Tomato, tomato, whatever. I'm going <laughs> to call it. Bali's what? A city? Yeah. 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 That's fine. Oh, because Kirsten can't do a drum roll, so we'll just a, do one. You have hey, a rim shot button? Hey, i better. <laughs> Progress. Well, we're going off the tracks here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, again, this is Bardown Beauty's podcast, releasing new episodes every single Monday, wherever you listen to your podcast, or on YouTube if you want to see these uh, mugs talking hockey all the time. Um, appreciate, seriously, every single one of you coming out. Thank you to Joe and Greenbelt for allowing us, as well as Dukes. The pizza was chef's kiss divine the beer even better absolutely fantastic we are going to be doing these live podcasts once a month roaming around i believe we are in stillwater yes. next month i will let you guys ziggies. know where ziggies oh baby trouble gonna be a good time i love me love me some ziggies uh again i'm jesse pierce she's Kirsten Kroll. he's producer fred thank you to everybody for coming out you guys all rock come say hi if you want we got stickers for everybody here that would like one have a great rest of your week. Bye.